Welcome to the Cybersecurity Simplified Podcast, where we take the mystery out of today's top security threats and solutions. In the fast-paced, continually evolving landscape of privacy and cybersecurity, the need for legal and operational compliance remains constant. So how do you build a legal compliance program for your digital operations to keep pace with ever-changing law? A great first step is to listen to our next guest. With a background as in-house counsel for some leading tech logos, Maddie Neustadt knows what it takes to be a privacy preacher and cybersecurity crusader while staying current and compliant. In short, she's an ideal guide to this new legal frontier. Stay tuned. Hey, everyone. I'm your co-host, Susanna Song. And I'm co-host Dave Barton. And David, I'm going to let you lead this one and bring our guest into the conversation. So, I, Suzanne, I love the intro of the the Crusader, Cyber Crusader. Maddie, I don't. I, I bet you've never been called that before. I, I take no prisoners. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, and I come in with some pretty direct advice. I don't like to sugarcoat it. This is way too complicated of an area to make it try to sound pretty or uh, wrapped up in a nice little bow. You got to be straightforward and. Uh, and go for what you want and what you need and identify your priorities. Otherwise, you'll get stuck in the weeds so far that you'll uh, probably just give up and walk away and call it a risk-based decision without ever knowing what kind of risk you're really taking on. Right. So, so Maddie, you've been, uh, when I first met you four or five years ago, you were focused on privacy and law and, and tell us, tell us how you got here. Right. And then I think what I'd like to dive into is, what are the challenges you're seeing regulatory compliance legal wise for our listeners who some of them don't know <clears throat> hardly anything about cyber yet? They're learning. Uh, what, are the, what are some of the things you recommend that they pay attention to as well? So tell us about yourself and then we'll just go. Oh, through. sure thing. Uh, well, one, I started my career. It's been a long and winding road. I actually started uh, as an engineer, as a supply chain quality engineer in material science uh, in semiconductors, and I did supply chain quality audits. So I've been in the auditing and compliance world even before I went to law school. Uh, I went to law school at night. So talk about biting off more than you really want to chew, even if you can force it down. Yeah, um, I can appreciate that. And, and went into intellectual property, where I worked pretty heavily in uh, basically ICT, information communication technology. Um, Web 2.0 was just starting after the dot-com bust and then rebuilding. Uh, so there was a lot going on to get into compliance as various states started coming out with these requirements to put privacy notices on your website, tell people how you were going to use their data. Um, and from there, it just kind of blossomed between the intellectual property that was used to build up technology, both in the ICT realm um, and then moving away from kind of the patent and copyright traditional uh, intellectual property to SaaS services and managed hosted services. And how did those all translate? And a lot of the legal liability protection went from protecting the intellectual property to protection of the data being handled by multiple parties which just kind of naturally led into cybersecurity, digital compliance, um, moving analog compliance requirements like document retention into a digital realm. Um, so that just kind of morphed as it went along. 
And then when I was uh, working for one of the largest uh, companies I worked for, they were getting into government um, government SaaS world. And there was a lot of compliance issues there, particularly around cybersecurity. And cybersecurity and privacy are actually really tightly tied together uh, because you cannot meet privacy compliance requirements without having underlying cybersecurity. Yeah, controls, uh, a, absolutely. We, we actually right, had right, an episode on that with Lori a few yeah, episodes ago, yeah. Exactly. Um, so, you know, privacy is about how you treat personal data. Cybersecurity is about how you secure the confidentiality, integrity, and availability of all data and the information systems on which the data transits um, and is processed. So you've got a lot of overlap. Um, and then you have the compliance requirements, particularly as the law develops what they call a standard of care. Lawyers like to talk about the standard of care, which is a common term that lawyers know from things like car accidents and medical malpractice. Right. That's right. But there's a standard of care in, in ICT and cybersecurity as well. The challenge, of course, is it's not set. Nobody writes it down. Everybody stamps it with their uh, their rubber stamp, and it's set for all of eternity. What is ICT? It's constantly evolving. What does Oh, information communication technology. Okay. Uh, that's a common term used to just put everything digital into a bucket. Um, so, sorry to use, throw in some acronyms <laughs> here that people look, may not we, be familiar uh, and with. This it. is great because this gives us an opportunity to, to get more definition for our listeners who because if, if Susanna and I was in my head, I was thinking, what is ICT as well? And so if, if we're asking the question, our customers are, or our, our listeners are. So this is great, Maddie, please, please continue. But, and it's a great point too, because coming through my journey, a big part of my journey was either knowing or learning a lot of the tech jargon and sure. the cybersecurity jargon. Um, and I had that tech background that helped a little bit. I was used to talking to engineers. But now I teach the engineers what the legal jargon is. Right. So we got to learn to talk to each other. Um, you know, things like ICT, you read a lot of the law and policy. It almost always refers to ICT. If, if the engineers and the developers and the innovators don't know what that is, they're going right. to start tuning out. So that information communication technology, ICT, terms like standard of care, the laws always say, you know, it's a reasonable security position. Well, a lot of people hear reasonable, a lot of people who are not lawyers hear reasonable, right. and they think, oh, if I can put a reason behind it, it must be reasonable. Sure, uh, makes but that's sense. Not, that, that, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but lawyers know that that's not what reasonable means. Reasonable has a legal definition kind of behind it, and it relies on that standard of care. So what's the standard of care given the nature of the processing you're doing with the data? And what's reasonable for somebody publishing the corporate cafeteria menu online is not reasonable for somebody who is processing medical records. Sure. Different standards of care. Yep. So, you know, one of the first things that like I like to do to help people realize what do they need to do to meet legal compliance is first well, what kind of data are you processing? Let's take a long, hard look at what you're actually working with to figure out what the risks are to individuals, what the risks are to critical infrastructure. That's a big term right now, too, critical infrastructure, but a legal jargon. Well, what's critical? What you and I consider critical? I mean, to me, critical is the coffee maker. 
there better not be any malware in my coffee maker because if I can't have coffee in well, the morning, we've got right. a critical infrastructure problem. That's exactly um, right, yeah. But, um, and critical infrastructure defined under the law is everything from what's truly critical, like the electric grid, um, international telecom, train lines, telecom, yep. yeah, the FAA, uh, that kind of stuff is definitely critical infrastructure. But now they're getting into the governments are saying the internet itself is critical infrastructure. We can't operate if the internet at right. large is down. So if you're making something out to operate that side of things, like where do you fall in the critical level of critical infrastructure? And then what does it mean for your business? Um, one of the challenges I see a lot, particularly in the startup realm, you get people who are truly innovative. They're coming up with new ways to solve problems, creative thinking, and they want to get it to market. Um, they need to figure out what the baseline they're going to build. What foundation are they going to put to build a legal compliance program? Because if they build their whole structure up and you start to try to build legal compliance from the top down, it's going to be really hard. It's like building a skyscraper starting from the top the risk of it falling over is pretty good. You got to start from the foundation. So if you start your foundation when you're starting your business, you don't need a whole, you know, encyclopedia tome of requirements that you have to start doing all at once. But right. where can you set your baseline so that you can build on it? What, you know, how do you put something in every known control set for an international set standard? And it doesn't have to be much. It could be just setting a written policy that you can refer to as you build. Um, so, you know, looking at things like that, particularly as a smaller startup business or even a mid-sized business that's in a growth phase, you need something that's scalable as you grow, something that'll grow with you. Okay. I feel so, like got off topic somehow. <laughs> we, look, it's, it's great, it great content. content. I, I, I love the content. How... For our listeners, how do they get started? Are there good resources out there around privacy that you that you love that people should be paying attention to if they're not? And then I think the second part of that question I would ask is, every state seems to be driving towards privacy compliance. You know, we, we started with New York, we had California, and across the U.S. we're seeing this legislative opportunity to turn the screws on policy or on privacy and, and, and compliance. Any concerns with that, right? If, if you know, uh, just, just outside the box, I mean, I have a few, but I'd love to hear your perspective. My biggest concern about it is that most of this legislation and policy is being written um, as a, almost a reactive or backlash against social media. And the challenge with that, of course, is that from a pure numbers game, the vast majority of technology companies are not social media. So legislatures are, legislators are writing these laws as if social media is the end-all be-all of technology and if they write a privacy law that reigns in social media the way they want to reign in social media 
knowing, of course, that in the United States, they can't actually control the speech on social media right. because of the First Amendment. Right. Uh, instead, they try to regulate personal information for the sake of privacy. Um, they write these laws around personal information and privacy and profiling. And there's not a lot of understanding that the vast majority of tech companies, um, to the extent they're dealing with personal information or even profiling, it's for the purpose of making a known service work better. And that service doesn't have to be social media. That service could be banking. That service could be real estate transactions. That service, service could be uh, finding skilled workers to fill open positions. Right. Uh, they're looking at ways that that service could be securing the internet. They're trying to find ways to profile threat actors, people maliciously trying to harm data and the internet. They could be making profiles of these threat actors for the purpose of better securing the internet. And all of a sudden they're like, well, I have to respect those people's privacy and give them the right to opt. Like, how does that work? Right. Um, and the challenge of course, is we've got, uh, you know, state and local state and federal legislatures that don't necessarily understand that level of technical intricacy and what's being built across the world. Um, and, and then that's even compounded then by when people, <laughs> there's a lot of backlash in society about, you know, big business lobbying, when in fact, right. a lot of those big businesses, their lobbyists are really just trying to educate Congress, trying to sure. educate the state legislatures that, you know, we know Mark Zuckerberg's in charge of Meta, but no, he can't help you fix the iPhone. That's a different guy. Right. Um, you know, when you consider that, the staying on top of the legislate, the legislation gets very difficult. Um, and one of the things that I tell people then is, one, don't try to stay on top of all of the legislation. You will drive yourself bonkers. Right. Um, focus on the fundamental principles related to privacy and cybersecurity. Um, if you look for fundamental principles, great place to start. The Organization of Economic Cooperation and Development has published the fundamental principles of privacy. These are the fundamental principles that are baselined into the GDPR. You will also find excellent resources on them on the IAPP, uh, IAP, International Association of Privacy Professionals. Right. Um, if you focus, particularly as a smaller startup entity, on those fundamental principles, then you'll have something that's far more scalable no matter what the legislation does because most of the legislation is in fact based in those fundamental principles all right there's some um, push and pull with the economic realities of them but they are based on the fundamental principles and those same same thing goes for cybersecurity, except instead of published fundamental um, principles what you end up is with some good international control sets like the ISO 27002, that's the right. standard for which the <clears throat> controls are built on, right. uh, or the NIST 853, those are broken into control families. And each family basically represents some fundamental principle. Right. And if you can start with something, doesn't have to be in-depth, doesn't have to be everything, but something, 
in each of those fundamental control, principal control sets, each of those control sets, you'll have a good base that you can build on. Right. Yeah. It's fair. I, I like it. As we wrap things up, first of all, thank you so much. Uh, you've kind of opened my eyes to a lot more around uh, these regulatory compliance issues that I didn't even know existed. So uh, thank you very much. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners appreciate it. But let's broaden this out as we wrap things up. Why is it important to care and to focus on this, Maddie? Especially well, when it comes around cybersecurity. You know, we've got practitioners, business leaders, uh, just enthusiasts who, who want to learn more about why why should why should we care? Why should that is an excellent, excellent question, Susanna. Um, and I see two reasons that we should care. One reason for the protection of your profits. Um, governments are saying that if you don't meet some of these, they're starting to you know, cite in the legal cases some of these standards. Right. And if you don't meet them, you're gonna face, you could face huge fines. Right. Particularly if you know the standard exists, that you know it's a good idea or industry practice and you don't do it, then you're willfully ignoring it. So let's protect the profits first of all and not put yourself up to unnecessary fines and penalties, number one or number two, depending on where your priorities lie. Uh, but then the other reason is we're all living in a digital world right now. Whether we like it or not, our information is being processed through digital means across the world. And cybersecurity is kind of the fundamental baseline of human rights and civil rights in the digital universe. Mm. You know, when we talk about the right to be free from harm in the physical world to be free and to have your your human rights and your civil rights recognized in the physical world we know that means not letting you know not being forced to let strangers into your house um, not being forced to do things against your will basically slavery right. uh, not being not being profiled for negative action against you because of who you are or who you love or who you were born those translate in the physical world, in the, in the cyber world, in the digital world. Cybersecurity is your fundamental necessity for a global human rights regime in a digital mm. environment. Um, and, you know, I don't know if that's just my, that's obviously my personal view. Um, I'm hoping other people see it the same way. Uh, we see it more in the privacy realm where we have holdings in the European Court of Justice that a right to privacy in the digital universe is part of the UN Convention on Human Rights. Mm -hmm. um, but that's really where kind of this, I see this role of cybersecurity moving as fundamental for the protection of human rights and civil rights of real people mm. acting in a digital environment. That makes me care about it. Yeah, I, I love that idea of, you know, basic inherent human rights. Privacy and cyber are our are right and the protection of our who we are, what we say, what we do in the digital frontier. Uh, Manny, I love that. I've never heard anybody position it that way. Well, I'll, I'll let you know how quickly I can write a book. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I, I was thinking that's a blog material right there because it, it, it is you're right on the money. Right. We, well, we well need to be my thinking website's of, up and running. I'll definitely start that out. 
All right. We, we well, need to be thinking about privacy as an inalienable right. Mm-hmm. And security, security in a digital environment. Yes. We are moving to a digital world, whether we like it or not. Um, because even if we personally got rid of every piece of electronics in our home, um, you know, we go to the grocery store, they're using electrics, That's electronics, right. they've got digital, our doctors are digital, our, right. um, you know, everything around us is operating in the digital universe now, the the metaverse, for lack That's of a right. better term. Yep. Um, and cybersecurity is, in fact, you know, part of our human right and, and civil rights in that world. Mm, I love it. That's good stuff. Yeah, we are the police, the cybersecurity analysts and workers are really the police in the digital enforcement. World. Yeah, enforcement. The enforcement. Well, we're, kind of, we're kind of we're kind of the neighborhood watch, maybe or watch. Um, okay. It's police a little harsh, right? <laughs> well, it's it's le- it's less so that the police is a little yeah. harsh. It's that we don't have the authority to issue consequences for malfeasance in there. We have to rely on that. And that becomes part of a different issue as to how well law enforcement agencies truly understand this and can go after the threat actors and the people harming, you know, creating harm in cyberspace. But yeah, we're basically a global neighborhood watch when it comes to, you know, monitoring the internet. And we have to have good ways to get Remedies and enforcement is another conversation. I think we need a different podcast for that. That's probably true. Well, well, thank you so much, Maddie, for joining us. If people want to reach you, we'll have all of your info on our landing page. So go to highwirenetworks.com, look up podcast, and find our episode with Maddie uh, from today's uh, segment. So thank you again. Uh, If you have any questions for Maddie, David, or myself, please reach out. Of course, you can email us at podcast at highwirenetworks.com or leave a comment below. Until next time, I'm Susanna Song. I'm Dave Barton. And you're watching and listening to Cybersecurity Simplified. From all of us here at Overwatch by Highwire Networks, thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, rate the episodes you enjoyed, Share and leave us a comment. We'll catch you next time on the Cybersecurity Simplified Podcast. Remember, the more you know about cybersecurity, the safer you'll be. To learn more, visit us at highwirenetworks.com slash podcasts.